Welcome to Social Sips and Business Tips, where we're brewing a fresh pot of greatness. Sipping on mentality, life, leadership, and business success. Let's pour us a cup and jump right in. Welcome back to Social Sips Business Tips. We're excited awesome. to have you back. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, did you happen to get the list of questions I sent over I to you? I did. I did. All right. I'll walk, walk you through them. Um, but we thought, Nicole and I were chatting uh, earlier this week, and we thought it would be a cool idea to walk you through if we could take what we know now and time travel back to Nicole first getting into this industry it'd be cool to kind of detail out where her mentality would be and what we would be focused on and, and really just gearing towards this progress mentality and the the steps she would be taking at each stage so um, I'm excited to do this I think it'll be kind of interesting so Nicole day one mm-hmm you walk into into an office. There's a lot of energy going on, and it's different than anything you've ever been a part of. So there's people playing games and having fun and enjoying work, which is different in a lot of industries. They're different than a lot of industries. Um, there's a lot of volume going on. People are, like I said, actually having fun and enjoying <laughs> the the stuff that they're doing. You're like crazy early in the morning, right? Uh, how are you approaching your day? Yeah. So I think. Um... When I when that had happened, um, I think I went back to playing sports and being part of a really fun work environment. So usually what I do, I'm more of an observer, right? I'm someone that kind of sits back and watches and looks at people and kind of sees my environment for what it is and then decides where I want to go. Um, I typically gravitate towards people that um, look like they know what they're talking about because I feel confident around those people. So I feel like the first thing I'd probably do is observe my environment. Um, that way I can kind of get my bearings, feel how comfortable, you know, I am. And then the first thing I want to do is try to, I think, meet as many people as possible and ask as many questions as possible. I think that was really important to me when I started is that I was very crystal clear that I'd never done sales before and I'd never been part of anything like this. So if I could get around as many people that, you know, know what they're doing, number one, number two, ask a ton of, you know, great questions, dumb questions, smart questions, um, and just really try to figure out what's going to make me most successful. And I, and I remember talking to my manager when I had started, I was like, who's your best salesperson? I want to hang around that person. So I think trying to surround myself with the right people, ask the right questions, and then match that level of energy. I think that's the best thing to do for sure. I think that people, you know, we've been promoting a ton of people down here in Charlotte. And I think the biggest reason is because everybody's understanding that to be better the next day, I need to spend my time with the people that are doing well at what I want to accomplish. Right. Um, and that's yeah. just kind of the culture we, we we're starting to build and it's phenomenal. Um, why do you get around the more successful individuals or the ones that are doing something you want to do? I think I mentioned this last week, but I think it's so important to be around people that push you 
to try to be the best version of you, right? I want to be around people that expect a certain level of excellence out of me that are not okay with me being average that are like, you know, if I don't perform, they're like, get them next time. You know what I mean? I, I want to be around someone who obviously is supportive and positive, but I want to be around someone who's like trying to get me to the next level. Who's trying to make me be the best version of me. And sometimes that's uncomfortable. And sometimes that doesn't come in like the form of like your best friend, right? Because sometimes my best friend's going to let me neg out and they're going to let me, you know, not necessarily they don't be the best version of myself, but they're going to let me, you know, kind of neg out and be okay, be average and be comfortable. Right. And I, I, like to be around people who are in a way better position than I'm in, you know, because it gives me number one, a great example to look up to number two, they're probably operating and doing something that I'm not. And then number three, they're going to probably push me and hold me accountable to, you know, be at the same level of standards that they're at. So I think that that's like really important to be uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So now you're at your first week of like towards the end of your first week of training, you're experiencing all the motions. Mm-hmm. Right. You've been training for a few days. You're starting My to build feet hurt. Yeah. yeah. Right. You're tired because My you're, left knee. you're <laughs> adjusting to a new schedule. Right. Um, you're starting to build that confidence in some areas. And then you're beginning to notice areas you're less confident in. Mm-hmm. Right. So what's your game plan to gain traction as far as your personal development goes? Um, personally, I tried to make the things that I'm really good at make them things that I'm really great at, right? I I knew that I was gonna have flaws. I know that I'm not a perfect human being. And instead of focusing on everything that I'm not good at and kind of just make myself an average mediocre person, I was really, I, I would really focus on the things that I'm good at and then how can I make them my specialty, right? And how can I make sure that I'm known to do this one thing? I'm known to be amazing at this. So kind of see all the things I'm good at and figure out how can I master my craft and get really good at those and really focus on making what I'm good at great. And then maybe pick like one thing that I want to focus on that can go from below average to maybe average, right? Because I have this mentality and we've been taught that if I take my mind off of everything I'm good at and only focus on the things I'm not good at, suddenly those become average and mediocre. And then the things that I was really good at suddenly become average and mediocre because they no longer have my attention. So then I go to this like meh individual, right? So in my mind, if I can focus on the things that I'm really good at, make them excellent, make them great. Not only does it like build my skill level, but it builds my confidence because I know I'm amazing at these things. And then just pick one thing a week that I think, hey, you know what? Let me get around the right people that maybe this is their strength. So let me see what they do. Let me focus on that. But my whole day is not going to be around how can I, you know, take everything I'm really bad at and make it better. Because I think that that's just going to spread me too thin and not allow me to build the confidence and reward myself for doing the things that I do well. I love that you mentioned taking things from good to great. Um, this is a tool I don't use as often and I need to get back into it, but we've got the okay, good, great. And, and we've got a list of skill sets that we've got jotted out. Yeah. Um, and I love that you're not focused on the bottom, like the, the, one, the things that are going to fall in that okay or average column, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're focused on maybe one or two moving things up the chain to the good and the great is the, the kind of idea behind that. So, um, and you already mentioned beforehand who you, you'd be spending time with, but there's always going to be those moments in life uh, and in building this career that I experienced where you had to make choices, whether you were going to hang out with friends or family, for example, or, you know, decide to professionally develop for the night or the day or whatever it may be. Right. Um, how do you make those decisions? 
Oh, it's really good. And that's really tough because I was, like I said, I'm originally from the South. You all know I'm from Texas. Um, so my family was still in the South and holidays would come around. Right. And like, I used, I was in a college mindset where like, if it was Christopher Columbus day, like I'm flying home to Texas, right. Any holiday, any chance I got, I was home. Right. And I had to kind of change that mentality to where like, I had to figure out, you know, family is very important, but personal development is just as important, right? So I had to kind of balance things on a scale. And I realized that oftentimes when I would maybe go home and I maybe should have been at work or, you know, I went home longer than I should have, I wasn't even home like mentally, you know, does that make sense? Like I wasn't home fully present. I, half of me was on my phone dealing with stuff at work, calling customers, you know, talking to my new guy. Like I wasn't fully home and present. So my family didn't even get the best version of me. They got like the not good version of me, the not like paying attention to family, not being involved. They got the Nicole that's on her phone worried about work. And so I feel like I started realizing if I'm going to commit to do something, I need to be a hundred percent invested because I think multitasking does not give you your best performance, right? It might allow you to do multiple things at once, which can seem cool, but it doesn't mean that I'm giving 100% to every task that I do. So when I came down to these challenging decisions and decided, did I want to go home for Thanksgiving or did I want to stay here? You know, did I, did I want to go home for Christmas? Did I want to stay here as an example? I kind of realized like what version was going to get me, right? Was home going to get this amazing version of me or was it going to be this stressed out? Like I'm pushing for assistant management. I should be at work. You know what I mean? So I just think like have a conversation with yourself and figure out you know, are you in the place to go home? Are you in a place to, you know, to celebrate and be around your friends and family? And if you are, then you need to be fully present. And if you're at work, then you need to be fully present at work and give that a hundred percent. So I think, like you said, we have choices at the end of the day. And so I think I have to decide if I'm going to make a decision and make that choice. Now I need to fully commit to the choice. I can't half-ass you know, each thing because then no one's getting a hundred percent of me and everyone's getting a mediocre Nicole. And I just think that's when I come down to those difficult decisions. That's what helps me decide, hey, will they get the best version of me today? No? Okay, then maybe my my mind, my spirit, my body needs to be somewhere else. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And what's your, I mean, what are those conversations like with friends or family that are like asking you and inviting you to come be around them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I told you guys last week, you know, like my Long Island friends, but I think that, yeah, I think that it's it's okay to say no. And that was something I had to be, that's something that I, I, like, I grew up in, like I said, grew up in the South saying no to people is like kind of not acceptable. You had to be like super polite. And like, so I had to learn to make sure was what was best for me. Right. And I had to learn that being selfish sometimes doesn't mean that I'm not taking care of other people. It just means that I know that I have to take care of myself first. And like they always say in an airplane, you can't save other people unless you put your mask on first. Right. And like, that was like what helped me make these hard decisions and what made it, you know, easier to have these conversations with people is that I would say, Hey, I think this is what's best for me. And I think this is what would help me the most. I would love to be there, but I think based off my current situation, this is where I need to be to help me. What do you think? And I don't think anyone's going to be like, no, hate your personal development sucks that you want to be the best version of you. You suck. You know what I mean? I don't think anyone's going to say that. So I think if people, get a genuine answer and you literally sit there and tell them like, Hey, this is, I'm trying to be the best version of me. I've got some things I really need to work out. I got some things I'm doing at work that are really important to me. And, you know, 
this is the decision that I made. And I just think that you got to be okay with, you know, saying no. And there's always going to be holidays and there's always going to be Christmases and there's going to be things that happen. And I'm not saying miss holidays and work 24 seven, but I'm just saying there's going to be difficult decisions where you got to ask yourself, you know, am I going home for someone else or am I going home for me? Right. Am I staying at work for myself or am I staying at work for me? And I think that I had to start making intelligent decisions that weren't so much emotional to make sure that I was trying to do the best thing for me. Cause at the end of the day, I'm the one in the field pitching. I'm the one, you know, given a hundred percent, my family's watching on the outskirts. Right. So like, I think like now they're always like, we're so thankful that you were willing to work really hard, even when we weren't as supportive and my family like now apologizes and they're like, we weren't as supportive. We're so glad that you were mentally strong enough and that you believed in yourself enough that now we believe in you. You know what I mean? And that's like a cool thing for them to admit, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a difficult conversation. You know what I mean? And I just had to remember saying like, I know this is the best thing for me. So I need to do this for me. I don't know anyone that said it that well. Oh. So oh, I, seriously, yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you. Anthony, I'm, I'll, I'll get to that question in a second. But so Nicole, now you're on your push for promotion to leadership. Mm-hmm. You've gained some traction. You're mastering the the basics. Um, what are you focused on? What are you not focused on? Um, I think that I'm focused on what what makes me feel good. You know what I mean? And I think that when I was going through the field and I was in Brooklyn slinging Verizon, you know, I think I was just so focused on like what made me feel good. And what made me feel good was like developing my people. What made me feel good was like focusing on developing myself, spending time with my manager, going out with my new guy and showing him how to close. Like I just wanted to focus on the things that brought me joy. It's like, that Netflix special, I cannot remember her name to save my life, but she's like, does this bring you joy? If not, throw it away, right? <laughs> I was like, in the field, does this bring me joy? So I think that like, in my mind, you know, I had to figure out once again, what was going to motivate me. And it was like the cool, you know, success around me happening and the emotions that I got in the field. And I just tried to avoid anything that didn't bring me joy. If it didn't feel good, I didn't want to do it. You know what I mean? And, and there's a difference. Hear me out. There's a difference between it doesn't feel good and it's uncomfortable. Like, you know what I mean? You can't go to Michelle and Nick be like, going to the field today feels a little uncomfortable after what Nicole said. I'm going to go and stay home, right? There's a difference between, you know, it doesn't, you know, sit right with your vibe and it's uncomfortable. And so I like, I knew things were going to be uncomfortable. I knew I was going to challenge myself. I knew interviewing in the field and going two guys deep while training four of us at a door looking like a you know a Christmas carol it I knew it was going to be uncomfortable but I knew it was going to make me better so there was like a difference right if it doesn't speak to my soul doesn't speak to my vibe doesn't sit well with me I don't do it right and that could be in the form of people that could be in the form of situations that could be in the form of not being prepared and getting to work five minutes before I'm supposed to be that doesn't sit well with my soul. So I don't want to do it. You know what I mean? So I just think like when you're on this push, it's less about the results that I'm focusing on, but it's all about the process. So it was my systems, are they speaking to me? Am I doing what I got to do? It's my attitude on point. Am I where I need to be? Is my work ethic top notch? And that's all I worried about. Systems, attitude, work ethic. That's it. And if I can focus on those three things, I'm going to eventually get the results that I want, right? I'm going to eventually get that six pack if I keep going to the gym, which I'm not, but you know, we'll, we'll get there. So I just think that that's like the mental process, right? That I, I was talking to myself and working myself through, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love it. 
Um, and guys, I'm gonna actually encourage you guys to do you focus on the student mentality side of things. Reach out to Nicole if, if you want any of these questions answered. I've got a lot of stuff that I want to get through and we're going to run out of time if I jump into those. So um, I love it. Okay, so you got promoted. You're in leadership. Now you've got a goal to build a team, but obviously it's going to take you a little longer than just working on yourself and getting the, uh -huh. the, the basics down. Um, so the goal is farther away. Right. How are you positioning yourself to stand out in the office as a top leader, quote unquote, and what steps are you taking to build a strong performing team? Um, good question. I think that I, it wasn't so much of a, um, it wasn't so much of a performance that I was trying to do. I think I just wanted to spend time with the new guys and I knew that that was more important to me. So, I mean, I wasn't actually a higher performer in my office, but what I focused on more than anything is I did new guy hang back more than anybody because I wanted the new guys to like love me and think I was like the coolest person. I trained as often and as much as possible because I wanted the new guys to come back and be like, God, Nicole's such a badass trainer. And I wanted them to like say it to their trainer, right? And I wanted them to be like, she's cool. And, you know, and I wanted to like feel like I had my hand in as much of the office as possible, right? I wanted there to be so many people that said, I got to spend time with Nicole and because I got to spend time with her, my mentality is here or my performance is here. And so like, I knew that like closing sales was going to be awesome. That was a must, but I wanted to also focus on the human factor of how can I make sure I develop and inspire these people to be the best versions of themselves? Because if I focus on that, that's what management is. Management's no longer about the field it's about how well can you inspire and push people to their highest potential so if i'm here and management's there and i know what managers do maybe i should speak act and dress like a manager right because maybe if someone walks into the office one day they'll forget who the manager is and they're like maybe it's that girl because she's spending so much time with the new guys she's super sharp and she's you know very positive maybe she's the manager so i that was just how i operated i was like i wanted someone to come in and be confused about who the manager was because I was operating so much like a manager. So it wasn't really about going out and hitting the gong every day, that's important, but I think the human factor of treating people well, developing people and having an, you know, an army of people that are like, yeah, she's badass, she's awesome. She took the time to get to know me. And I think that means more to people than can you go out and do two sales. That's the, the, the fun part, the cool part of all of this. When you can get to the point where as, as the manager too, you're lifting other people up and, and allowing somebody else to appear like they're running the show. Yeah. I think it's empowering. I think it's impressive. And I think it's just the, the most fun part of a manager's job. Yeah. Like I, I, like, like I always say, I feel like it's like being a parent. I feel like being a leader in our business is like learning how to be a parent, right? You're going out there and you're trying to make sure you survive in this world. And now you've got kids running around and you're like, you know, you're either excited by their actions or sometimes slightly embarrassed by the things that they do and say, right? But like at the end of the day, you're proud because you're like, we're a family, we're in this together. And I think that, you know, as you get to management, it just only gets cooler because I'm assuming it's what it's like being a grandparent. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it is, it's quite an amazing feeling to see people reach their highest potential. It's something that I would have never thought that would be so exciting to me or so rewarding to me, you know? And I'm assuming it's going to be it's going to feel like having kids, I would maybe think. I don't know, but I'll probably be more proud of my guys than I will of my kids, though, so I'll put that on the record. <laughs> it's recorded. We're yeah. going to play it for them. <laughs> Ten years later, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see if those words still ring true. 
Um, okay, last question for you, and then maybe we'll have some time to, to take awesome. one or two. Um, assistant management promotions happen. Yep. Uh, you proved yourself valuable to the clients, valuable to the office, and valuable to the, the team. Um, what are you thinking? How are you continuing to push to get out of that office to run your own? Um, that was That's a good question, because I think that I did take a little bit longer to get promoted from assistant management to management. I was an assistant manager rather quickly. It was like eight months I was promoted, six months I was promoted to assistant management, and then kind of sat on it for a while, like lost momentum. So um, I can tell you all the things I didn't do well. I kind of took my foot off the gas, and I kind of was hoping I would just coast through the finish line, you know, like just put my car in neutral and hope it just glides over the line. And, you know, and I think that I was kind of was almost rewarding myself too much for a job that wasn't quite completed. And I think I had to have a conversation with my manager where she was like, Hey, so like you're an assistant manager, but like, you're not performing like one. So like you're glorified, you know, we call them corporate trainers, but you're glorified corporate trainer. So like, you're not really an assistant manager. And so I think like, I was like, well, she's right, right? Because I was kind of acting like I already had the job. I was kind of acting like, you know, everything was just going to fall into my lap. And I lost what was the core of what got me there, right? I lost that, the systems, the attitude. And I did see a question in here that was like, you know, how do you teach something that's so natural? And that was part of it. And that's where I struggled was that like, I stopped doing systems. I stopped, you know, having the perfect attitude. I stopped working so hard because I suddenly felt like I could finesse so much and I felt like I was charming and charismatic and I was sweet and I could sell a water to, to a fish. You know what I mean? Like I felt like I could do anything, but it wasn't something that could be replicated. So my guys were like, here's this finesse sales God, but like, we can't do that. So like this, maybe this opportunity maybe isn't for us. And then I started realizing like I'm failing my people because it stopped becoming about my people and it started becoming about when's Nicole going to coast over this finish line? And I just think our business is so organic and it's so natural and it's so like, you know, real that if you're not doing the right things, it's going to make sure it stops you in your tracks until you do, you know? And I was like, you know, I, I, then I started getting back to my systems and, you know, I thought it was a compliment when my guys would be like, Oh wow. Like I can't do what you do. And I was like, that's right. You can't. But then I realized it was because I was showing them personality and I wasn't showing them systems. So things are going to come to you naturally, but there's so many systems in our business that allow you to explain what might come naturally to you. So every time I would overturn an objection and it would be amazing, right? They, to a new guy, they'd be like dumbfounded that I could overturn an objection. I would say, no, like, here's the three F's. Here's the three R's. Here's the air principle. This is how I did it. I just happened to make it sound very smooth. And it was, you know, I, maybe I have a great voice, but, you know, so I think like in order to take myself and make sure I was getting to management from assistant management and not losing that momentum is I stuck to the things that got me there, which was my systems, my attitude and my work ethic. And if once I got back to that, I was promoted in, in a month. So it's just a matter of, you know, I think how you're approaching things. Are you still, it's kind of like when I lose weight, I'm like, that's it. I'm good. Awesome. I can go back to eating pizza. And then for some reason, I'm dumbfounded when I gain all the weight back. I'm like, how did this happen? You know what I mean? But it's like, I stopped doing the things that got me there. So like, then I'm dumbfounded that I'm no longer there, you know, and that's just the mentality that I had to kind of develop through assistant management. And even now, like success to me, a quote that I always tell myself is I'm happy, but I'm never, never satisfied. Right. So that's I'm happy with my results. I'm excited by my progress, but I'm never satisfied because I know constant and never ending development. Right. What Tony Robbins talks about is I know that there's always a better version of me out there. 
some way, somehow, right? And so I think that was just where my mentality was, was, hey, I'm not, just because I made it to management doesn't mean like, mama, I made it. Like, I'm not here. It just means cool. Now, when are you going to be a consultant? Now, when are you going to beat Brandy? Maybe when are you going to buy Sidcore from Gary? Like, right? Like, when are we going to get to this position? So I just think if you have this mentality of constant and never ending development, then you're never going to be afraid to hit your goals. You know what I mean? Because you know, you're slowly developing yourself to get there. Nicole, I'll go 50-50 with you on Sidcore. <laughs> All right, we got with these teams done. I'm done. I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy. <laughs> For sure, right? Um, guys, I've got a book suggestion for you that talks about a little bit what Nicole's mentioning here. It's The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. I'm about halfway through it, and it has changed my mentality on everything development. It's phenomenal. Um, and he's got I, some books beforehand that he wrote, too, that filled into that, but skip right to it. It's fine. And there's a book. Yeah, I was going to say, sorry to interrupt you. There's a book that changed my mentality for when I got promoted to assistant management, which was how to win friends and influence people. And that book is like life changing. I probably literally have on my bookshelf right now. There's three copies sitting on my bookshelf because I just hand them out to people because I'm like, this is free crack. Take it. Right. It's like it's so good. It's just addicting. It's so good. And it just teaches your mentality. So if you're if you throw out a book suggestion, I just wanted to hop on that train. Yeah, absolutely. That it was a great book as well. Yeah. Um, it's a little dated, but it's, it's to this day, I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm doing exactly what Dale Carnegie <laughs> said in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it's phenomenal. And then it, it, with that book being so old, there, there's YouTube recordings of it. You can two yeah, times it if you're not a reader, you know. But you know what's really cool about books is that every time I read it, I'm reading it when I'm in a different part of my life and I'm just kind of absorbing things differently, right? It's like like when I watched a Disney movie as a kid and I'm watching it now, it's like wait a second, like you know what I mean? Like things are just it's just different like perception, right? So it's like when I reread a book, I'm I'm reading it again and I'm like holy crap, like different things are clicking you know, different parts of my brain is like operating because I have a new level of experience and I have a new perception on the book, right? So I always encourage people, if you've read a book and, and into leadership, now you're heading into maybe assistant management or management, read it again, because I know that it's going to trigger something else in your brain that you're going to be like, oh my God, didn't think about it that way, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, Michelle, do we have like two minutes? I really want to ask this question because I think it's applicable to a lot of people. I went through this. I think everybody goes through a little bit of this, but um, we were talking earlier, Nicole, about how there's distractions and people that don't necessarily understand why we're doing what we're doing. Um, how do you respond to people that are, are opposed or don't understand why you are doing things for your professional and personal development? I mean, first of all, I like to compliment that they're concerned, right? Because I think anyone that reaches out to me and is trying to neg me out, I think that they're genuinely trying to do it because they care about me and they're worried, right? And they're like, I've never experienced this moment or I've never had this experience. So I'm scared for you to have it, right? And I think it comes from a place of concern. So I'm always like, thank you so much for having concern for me. Thank you so much for caring about me to bring this to my attention. First off, right? I want to compliment that they actually care about me. And then the second part of it is me saying to them like, you know, I respect everything that you're saying to me. And I respect that, you know, you don't want me to maybe go through a negative experience, but unfortunately, you know, I would love to make this mistake if it is a mistake, or I'd love to try this opportunity and see what it's worth, you know? And if it's a family member, I like to tell them like, you raised me to want to try things. You raised me to want to be the best version of me. And I think that this might help me be the best version of me. And if it's not, 
then it's a great experience. And I don't think I could ever get a bad experience from something that's going to allow me to interact with people, work on full commission and test my work ethic, test my attitude and test my skill set. So if you raise me to be the amazing woman that I am, I would hope that you would respect me and allow me to try to make this mistake or try to see if this is going to be success for me. You know, and I don't think anyone's ever going to be like, yeah, crap. You know what I mean? It's, it's sales, right? How am I going to sell this person on, you know, thank you for loving me and having concern for me. But like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is your choice. This is your opportunity. This is your life. And you have to put your head on your pillow at night and decide if you made all the right choices. And so I think that you're going to have outside influences and you're going to have support systems and you're going to have people that aren't that supportive. But at the end of the day, they're, they're not living life for you. You're, you're not living life for them. And so I, I had to be okay with telling my family, I respect your opinion. I respect that you love me so much. And I'm so glad that you made me a confident and fearless woman to want to try this opportunity. Thank you for being a great parent. And I think if you turn it on them and you flip it on them and you compliment them, I think they're not going to, they're not, they're not going to be like, yeah, I'm a crappy parent for wanting you to be great. You know what I mean? And I, and I tell people like, let me make my mistake. And if it's, if it's not a great mistake or, you know, if it's a big failure and it blows up in my face, like I hope I can gain some experience and try to move on to something better, but I can't sit here and not try at least let me try. And I think if you can have that conversation with them, I really don't think they're going to punch you in the face and tell, you no. you know, <laughs> let me tell you, it's such a good feeling when you're like, see, I told yeah, you so. right. My ego Mom, come visit my office. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so true. And I think that like, and your parents want you to be successful and they care about you and they want your friends do. I just think, like I said, I think people are just scared for you to have an experience that they've never experienced. Right. And like, they're very nervous for you. And so I, and I think that that's totally normal. And I actually think that that's sweet and caring that they would want to reach out to you and nag you out. Right. <laughs> like, thank you for that. <laughs> I take it as, as love. Right. 100%. Well, cool. Well, Nicole, thank you again for a phenomenal call. I really thank appreciate guys. it. Guys, sorry if we stole some time from you, but I felt like we needed to get some of that stuff out there and it's all good stuff. So um, Nicole, again, really, really appreciate your time. You guys know the drill. The mug is empty. Reach out to Nicole if you want to get some personal development going. She is a phenomenal friend and resource. Trust me. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks. We'll Nicole. see you guys later. Thank you.